4: Salutations everybody, this is Jason Lewis the producer of the From the Shadows podcast and I would like to welcome everybody back to this week's episode of the podcast where we're going to get right back to the pre-recorded interview with our guest David Hensley, founder of EVP Mediums and half of the hosting team of the Paranormal Road podcast. So without further ado, let's get back to that interview already in progress.
2: Sure. Um, Well, you know, again, at the time I was a director at uh, Cedar Point, so I didn't really talk or share about these things uh, with only a a few trusted people because I couldn't have people question my sanity. But years later, um, I uh, get uh, my own restaurant. I I have my own business. And then uh, an employee that I hired to manage the restaurant, Randy, who's now on the paranormal road. Uh, He has a paranormal experience in his home. And at that point, I'm like, wait a minute, I own my own business. Not to mention that I'm old as dirt now, and I don't care what people think about me. So, you know, it's like, cool, let's explore this. So uh, I think getting my first EVP, and I think it was uh, Megan, you and Emily I called first and said, oh, my God, your dad just got his first EVP. And I was so excited. But at Randy's house, I did get my first EVP. Uh, it was amazing to actually hear a voice. I know darn well wasn't there during the, re- you know, doing the recording and it kind of snowballed from there and we eventually formed EVP mediums where we would get into paranormal investigations. Now, now mind you, the only model we have um, is what you see on TV. Uh, so we kind of did that, but very, very quickly we broke and started doing our own thing different than what other people you see on TV. We didn't, you know, dress in black from head to toe and and get all goth. And we certainly don't go into investigation and say,
3: oh my God, did you hear that? Are you saying you do not not have a hearse transformed into Ecto-3? And then you you (laughs) came back. I mean, come on, I'm kind of disappointed in that, I have to admit, that would be fantastic. No, no.
4: (laughs)
2: But uh, we, started, uh, we started out as EVP mediums because in the beginning that's pretty much all I knew. Then we discovered ITC uh, communication and uh, was literally blown away when we started getting full sentences and, and in some cases paragraphs uh, and, and intelligent response to us. So over the years we evolved um, and that's where we have our EVP mediums on YouTube. We have about 80 documented videos now um, and it is really quite remarkable, and when it, getting my kids involved in the early stages is Adam, and you'll probably remember what I told him about fear. What have I always preached Adam about fear? Um, the only uh, fear is the absence of knowledge. Once you know how to uh, what something is, and once you understand it, you can prepare for it. Exactly, and that that's what absolutely I've always said fear correct. is Yep. Fear is nothing more than the absence of knowledge. So I I wanted them involved. And once Megan had that experience, I then started telling my kids. Then I started sharing my experience because I'm like, I don't want them to be unprepared. I want them to know about these things. They do exist. Um, And literally, that's kind of how Paranormal Road eventually began. Uh, Last year, we decided, um, you know, let's try Paranormal Road. Let's talk about all things paranormal because there's people out there that are hurting there's people out there that have these experiences they're seeking knowledge and they want to know and i know now thank god there's so many podcasts such as your show that addresses these type of things and i found myself i'll go from show to show to show to show on topics because i want to absorb as much again information as i can so i'm not afraid you know because it keeps me again and and like I try to explain to people, I'm not afraid of sharks, but I'm not going to jump in a pool of a shark. You know, so there is a difference. I'm not going to go out there looking for me. I'm not going to go out there looking for the dog man. For some reason, I'm not afraid of ghosts. I'm not, we've had now five, what we believe to be five demonic cases. I'm not really even afraid of them. I respect them highly as far as their power, and um, I am concerned about um, I guess, retributions against me through my family, that does concern me. Uh, so if we feel a case is demonic, we won't even take it. Or once we get to uh, to an investigation and we realize we're dealing with something non-human, we quickly back out and refer our clients to a demonologist, uh, simply for the safety of our family.
3: That sounds like a very uh, smart thing to do.
4: Very wise. <laughs> now, yes. now,
3: you mentioned something... So the, was it the ITC? Yes. Okay. Instrumental Transcommunication. Do you want to explain that to our listeners who, uh, and, yeah. Jay, and Jason, um, who may not know what that is? Yeah.
2: EVP. Let me start with EVP. EVP is electronic voice phenomena. It's cr- uh, commonly referred to strictly as simply, um, any type of audio recording. We get incredible EVPs that are often picked up through our audio mic on our video camera. Uh, but uh, you can pick anything that records sound, you can get an EVP. Basically, you ask a question, or you don't even have to do that. It's what you call um, interactive and inactive or passive recording. A passive recording is if, let's say, you're walking around with your um, digital recorder, but you're talking to your friend uh, about something, but you're holding that digital recorder. You're not even trying to communicate with the spirit, but when you play it back, you will get, they talk to you, but you weren't even talking to them. That would be a passive recording. Interactive, of course, is when you're asking direct questions. So that's EVP. Right. ITC or instrumentic, Instrumental Transcommunication is when you're using computer algorithms or you're using what they call a spirit box or a ghost box, there's even video ITC where you will take a video camera, you will then, turn it on to record and you will point it at a screen, like a television screen or the computer screen, in which you are filming. So you're creating a loop, sort of like um, if you're in a barber chair and you see that loop as the barber spins you around to see the back of your head against the two mirrors. All right? So you see that tunnel effect. Well, when you do that with video, you can get ITC, you can pick up faces and voices. Um, and I actually have done that and I did pick up a very, very incredible face and you have to go by frame by frame it's funny because when i showed that face to my mom and my aunt and my sister all three of them said oh my god that's uncle tom when he was young and <laughs> all three of them said that and i didn't even tell them i said who does this look like that's i think the most i said and it's really interesting because the audio in that said tom forrider and that was his name
3: so then so you, then I so the audio you thought after it was, thought. so you obviously thought it looked like him too, and then you just wanted to have some yep. very okay. Now, right. now the whole video loop thing is that something you discovered, or is that something somebody else did and you just
2: no? I read about it years earlier. I read about it years earlier that uh, it was an experiment, it actually was uh, a uh, paranormal uh, or parapsychologist group. I believe they were out of England, and they were the ones that first discovered it uh, by doing a feed through. And I think they discovered it—I want to say the early '70s. Why on
3: earth would you um, even think? Time, why would you think of that? I mean, what? Like, I don't know enough well, about electronics to even—I mean, why would you think that that would be something you could catch? Well, I don't well here's the thing: is um, the creator of ITC,
2: the Spirit Box, or what? Uh, in the in the paranormal community, it's known as the Joe's Box because the gentleman's name was Joe that created it. What's the I stand
4: for again in ITC? What's that? What's uh, the I stand? Instrumental. 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 Yeah, instrumental. Transcommunications. Correct. Okay.
2: And um, the original guy who created the spirit box, uh, which at that time was called Joe's Box, he claims that he got the instructions for how to build this Through spirit, through EVPs. So he was claiming that uh, spirits on the other side told him uh, how to do this. Now, interestingly, there's another method of ITC that can bring incredible results, and that's just taking an old-fashioned radio with the spin dial, like we used to have in our cars back in the 60s and 70s, where you. Not the digital scan, but you spin the dial through the stations. Mm-hmm. If you take a, a, a radio and you sit down and you ask questions and you spin that through the station where you're getting the little noise,
1: mm-hmm. if you do
2: a recording and play it back, you can get full sentences. Somehow, and the belief is is that they, um, many will tell you that uh, with the Ghost Box Spirit Box One belief is that when you're scanning through the station, they're picking snippets of words. Like a DJ may say, welcome. He may be saying, welcome to KFI out of Detroit. Mm -hmm. But they will hear, welcome. And then another person is saying, Jimmy Mac," you know, songs. It'll say, welcome, Jimmy. But it'll take those two pieces. That's one theory is that by scanning through, the spirit is able to select each of those words uh, accordingly. I don't really subscribe to that by doing this uh, as much as what we have it seems like when you're doing these in that method scanning the radio bands it's almost like the radio bands themselves you're acting as a carrier wave and those frequencies are bouncing enough that the energy of what they're trying to say it's able to ride like a carrier wave on those frequencies. I know I'm getting kind of Uh, Way out there in technical. But when it comes to software programs, there's many out there for your your iPhones. And that's what we use. There's many out there. And these software developers, they don't even know how it works as far as how the spirits use it. They know how they designed it. And these software algorithms use uh, algorithmic random uh, bits and pieces of phonics that just randomly... Uh, shoot out there and somehow they're able to use those phonics to form distinct and intelligent answers uh, when asking questions
3: now now, you guys have been doing this for quite a while going out and doing investigations and getting evps and and Mm -hmm. everything would you knowing what you know now would you Mm -hmm. encourage somebody to download some of these apps or get the dial radio and start asking questions. Be, you know, I mean, seriously, <laughs> I like, yeah. like, what, what are yeah. they, what are these, what are you inviting in to? Here's,
2: here's That I said, a lot. That would be, for me to say, do not do that, would be like the pot calling the kettle black. Yeah, yeah. Okay? yeah. Um, people, everybody has their different reasons for this. Mine, I was compelled to do this because of, not because of the hat man, um, not because of that, um, because of the loss of my father at 10 and then the loss of my grandparents. It messed me up. I needed to know. I needed to know that life goes on uh, deep down inside. I, I needed to know that. Um, and so when I discovered uh, actually getting a, a communication with spirits, I never in my wildest dreams thought that I would ever communicate with my loved ones that passed on. I just thought For me, it was fantastic because it's proof that something's going on. It's proof that our existence, our energy survives death. And for me, that was so overwhelmingly, um, it charged me. It's like an adrenaline. I I have to know more. I have to keep doing this. Um, And I think if you're doing it for the right reasons, I think that if you're solid and grounded in your faith, I don't think it's a problem. It has not been for me. Um, I think though if you're doing it for the wrong reasons, and I think if people do it like they see on T V, um, you know, there's one particular show and I don't even have to say its name, but if you get it. If you're out there like, you know, some kind of college frat boy and say, You want a piece of me, dude? and you go out there with that mentality, you're asking for trouble. You know, um, because it's a game and, and you're not respecting the spirits. You're going out there you know uh, more or less oh let's go to mansfield prison uh, oh and you're doing all this kind of stuff that's not respectful and that's why we we typically will not go to mansfield we will not go to insane asylums we already know that ghosts exist what would be the point mm-hmm. that would be badgering them is the amount of uh, paranormal researchers that go in those places on a day by day weekly basis over and over and over these spirits are literally going through their own personal hell <laughs> to that's to you know that's to the
3: same a dumb questions mm-hmm. every yeah, night that's a good way to look at it right there yep. that's a good way to look at yeah. it i mean and and so you one leads to, you know, the guys that you're speaking of that challenge the uh mm-hmm. challenge funny we just had another episode where we talked about those guys mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. uh, yeah. uh, it makes you wonder if they really are doing anything anyway because if you know what i'm saying are they really contacting anybody are they getting any right. kind of evidence maybe they don't even experience anything and that's well megan and i can tell you from firsthand experience
2: because um the boys were too young at that point um, mm-hmm. megan me and emily as well as gary uh, who's no longer with us he was our spiritual advisor he's no longer on our team right. um i was gonna but, say wait, uh, you and, said no
3: longer with us yeah. i thought is he coming through the yeah spirit no rock? no
2: okay. he's he. No, he's no longer with our team. Okay. Um, but him and his son Tucker, uh, and Randy, uh, we uh, actually did a pilot episode for Lifetime Television Network uh, called American Murder House, and we had a signed a five-year contract. They flew us up to Staten Island, New York. So yeah, we were going to join the, you know, the ghost hunters, the ghost adventurers, the dead files, and on and on and on. And after that experience, that was, and I'm sure Megan will concur, three days of pure hell. Um, but we learned a lot. Um, and but as far as um, unfortunately, there were bad lessons. and uh, reality TV is anything but real. It's anything but reality. It's all about, as we were told, By a producer, when um, I was ordered to say something, I said, I absolutely will not say that. And I was strictly reminded that I'm under contract and held to legal obligations. And I said, then sue me because I am not saying that. Um, We quickly realized that reality TV is anything but real. It's It's staged. Um,
4: Yeah, exactly. It's staged. yeah,
2: Yeah. So we muddled through that. And if you ever get a chance to see the show, <laughs> you will see that we are less enthusiastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we wanted to make
3: certain that there was no nothing beyond that pilot. So, oh yeah. So, but uh, back you know, back to what I was asking: Can somebody mess around and? and I don't want to talk too much about demonic and vitamin in. But are demonic spirits spirits entities or whatever just out hanging around looking for somebody to open the door for them to let them in, or do they? Yes. So they're just like, yeah, eh, let's, you know, smoking a cigarette on the sidewalk going, hmm, maybe they'll open the door or do they purposely here's, target people?
2: Here's, again, this is just from, we tell people this in, in our lectures, um, anybody who claims to be an expert on this, you know, um, if they make that claim, be very cautious because there is no such thing. Um, this, this, this whole field is too big for anybody to wrap their heads around. All I can tell you is based upon 80-plus investigations as far as video, 100 in total uh, non-video, with non-video included. We look for patterns, and when we give lectures, I'm very careful to say evidence suggests. Okay. Based on that and what I just said, it appears with many of our clients, and we look at their hauntings, and, and it's specifically the five uh, now, maybe six cases that we believe were non-human in nature. There were some common threads. All of these locations had some personal tra- trauma, sometimes um, in some cases it may have been drug usage, other cases it may have been sex addiction. Um, there does seem to be threads within our client base of this. Where um, if anything they're providing an open door for this entity to come in So if there is a weakness You're giving it an opportunity to come in and now in the paranormal field. We've talked about heroin usage and So when it comes down to drug addiction, the question is it's kind of like the chicken or the egg Um, does the demonic entity cause people to use heroin therefore uh bringing about the destruction of man or does the use of heroin bring in the demonic entity so it's one of those riddles um but there does seem to be a correlation between uh actions we take and our weakness as far as our faith that allow these to come in and i don't mean okay i go to church every day so therefore I, I i'm high in faith i'm talking about the real faith the deep connection to god the deep connection to the belief of love when you have that kind of faith it is very difficult for these entities to manifest within your life
4: yes i agree with that um i have a question uh back uh on the itcs we were i had read something one time about white noise being used as a carrier wave for yes um so have you used anything or is that that's basically a spirit box though correct
2: No, white noise would be like um uh, when you're doing evps
4: okay
2: uh turning on a fan in the background um one another way is is to turn on your faucet in the kitchen let it come to a real thin Dribble, uh, dribble and the sound of the water hitting the sink basin, especially if you have a stainless steel sink, uh, sink and it reverberates. Yes. And then I wouldn't stand right there and record, but go into the next room but where you could still hear the dribbling and then turn on your recorder. Um, contrary to popular belief, silence is not the best way to get EVPs. Um, in fact, some of the most incredible EVPs we've gotten, we've gotten by just turning on the recorder and going about our business. You know, uh, whether you're making pizza, you know, turn on the recorder, set it on your kitchen counter and talk to your family. You know, be aware of what you're saying. Be aware of your conversations and then stop and hit play. And then you'll hear voices that, you know, damn well, none of you said or was not there. Um, you can, and I'm not saying it happens all the time. But in one particular case of that, uh, what we call passive um, at the time with Randy's haunting in his house, it was almost like every weekend people were coming to witness this firsthand, and uh, so everybody was showing up at Randy's. Randy had to have wine to calm his nerves <laughs> simply because at that time it was new to him. So uh, it was new to all of us, but people would tell, and they're no, nah, I want to experience it. Come over, and it all leaves just mind blown. But one time we were in the kitchen, and it was two of Randy's friends that were there, and we we're having wine. And standing, just standing around talking. So I turned on my phone and hit the record and set it off to the side. We're talking. When I played it back, Rennie was telling them about his patio. His patio's red brick, and he was telling his friends that the patio out back was actually the brick that they tore up on Broadway in Lorraine, uh, and they allowed residents to take the bricks if they needed them. So he was saying the whole patio was built out of these bricks. And in just out of nowhere, listening back to this recorder, the only way I can liken it is to like. Betty Davis voice, like a, or a heavy smoking uh, woman. This voice comes on says, "We won't sit out there." I mean, and it hmm. sounds like a again heavy smoking woman says, uh, "And it says we won't sit out there." And see, we look, and my whole kids are the same way when they listen to EVP, ITC. It's not just listen, but listen to the meaning. And the fact that they said we won't sit out there means they can if they choose. It's not like the yeah. you see yeah. the movie, uh, you know uh, what is that movie uh, Beetlejuice, where they were confined to the house, and every time they opened yeah. it up, this sand demon came after them. You know the words that they said is, "We won't sit out there," which means right. they choose not to. Yeah, it was so every choice. time we do yeah. an investigation, yeah, we kind of listen to what they're saying
3: to try to determine what's the hidden meaning in there. Which you yeah. say you saying that <laughs> leads me to to think something else. So. So, number one, then there's obviously one, there's more than one spirit or entity at Randy's house.
2: Yes, they're everywhere. We've never gone to one place where there's only one entity.
3: Okay, so. They're everywhere. So.
2: In fact, it's kind of rare to go to any place that has just two. Like, there's a lot.
3: Okay, yeah. so do these guys or spirits, or do they, so are they working together? Or is it like is it like in the real world where i'm going to do my own thing and you go do your own thing and you leave me alone and i like how do do they it form a team to to scare From me, what we no well in some cases
2: yes from what we have again hop, hypothesized based on sheer volume of our investigations we've been at a one particular occasion where some in, some spirits seem to be from the 1920s and they were completely oblivious of the spirits from the 1960s that were talking to us. Wow. So See, it, that's, it, it seems like that's amazing. The, it depends on what era that they were trapped here or they didn't go into the light. Um, we've also been, uh, you know, we did do a couple of commercial properties. We did the, the Ghost of Lorraine Palace. We did um, an investigation at the Lorraine Lighthouse. I was shocked to find that there actually was a child at the lighthouse because the lighthouse you have to take a boat to get out to but we got a child spirit out there and we got a woman spirit out there another woman kind of shocked me too but it didn't later when i found out the history that prostitutes used to be boated out there in the middle of the night under secrecy for the lighthouse people so that didn't surprise okay. me once learning that history of the
3: lighthouse okay so, um is that the red is that the red lighthouse? lighthouse? Yeah, the red light. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
3: terrible. But, uh, I, I'm really on this morning, though. I'm just going to let you know.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, it's fascinating what you, what you do learn. Um, you know, Again, you can only put the patterns and the pieces together. And what is amazing is when we actually do an investigation, we get stuff that makes absolutely no sense to us. We transcribe it. We present to the clients and then we find out that it's true, or the client knows it's true, or they do research and find out something's true. Um, that's mind-blowing. We had a case, uh, very briefly, we had a case of a client that called, I at first thought she was kind of, you know, it's with my inside voice, okay, she's kind of nuts, because she was talking about seeing a ghost bug or beetle, beetle flying in front of her eyes when she's watching TV. And she said it's transparent, but it's a bug. And I kind of like, okay. So we went and did the investigation. During the ITC transcribe, I got very clearly several times uh, a EBP that said the doodle bug. And um, it sounded like at one point there was a train whistle, but it said the doodle bug. So on a whim, because I got the train whistle, I looked up doodle bug and I just put in doodle bug. And I was blown away to find out that one of the most famous train wrecks was en route from Akron to Cleveland called the Doodle Bug. Oh, and man. I'm like, could this be a connection? Well, only to find out through research, the engineer, now this was um, this was not even in Akron or Cleveland. The engineer actually lived across the street from our client. Oh, so my God. that is not a coincidence. There, And now sits a Wendy's. It now sits a Wendy's. But at the time with plotting the land and going to the courthouse and getting records, the engineer of the doodlebug who survived, he jumped, but his life was destroyed because everybody accused them of being drunk and they were not. It was the carbon monoxide fumes. Uh, so they didn't uh, make the cutoff. Uh, and it was a head on collision. Many people died, but their careers, uh, their lives were never the same and he ended up dying very unhappy, but he lived directly across from our, our clients. And, um, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that this entity was trying to communicate to our client who he was by taking the form in the shape of a bug that, flied, uh, that flew in front of her eyes. And then after the communication and getting the name due to a bug in, connecting dots, we did a prayer crossover and sent them into the light. Uh, to this day, our client, we, keep, we become wonderful friends with them. They've had no further experience
3: in their home. Do you know how immediately frightened I was when you started talking about a, a ghost bug?
1: <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs>
3: every bug that met a tragic end? Oh, oh If gosh. they became a ghost, <laughs> we'd, we'd just yeah. give up. They would outweigh We'd humanity. give up, we'd just give up. Yeah. So, so, so listening to some of the episodes of your podcast, Randy is a skeptic then when it comes to the cryptid side, but he yeah. obviously is not a skeptic when it came. So, so he, was, he was experiencing this stuff in his house and that, and uh, so I take it he probably was a complete skeptic period until he started experiencing stuff in his house. And then- right.
2: He kind of, when, when it came to ghosts, he kind of dismissed it. He thought, okay, that's my imagination. He, like all of us do, we rationalize stuff. So um, he didn't even know he was a medium. He had no clue that he was a psychic medium until it kicked into high gear. After we formed EVP mediums, he actually became a full-blown medium. And he, we all thought we were going to have to have him committed uh, because he, he didn't know how to handle this sudden gift per se. Um, but then looking back on it with his sister, he had this ability as a child. He blocked it out. He just didn't realize what it was then. Uh, but, again, he's not a skeptic to mediumship because he's experienced it firsthand. He's not a skeptic to ghosts. He's experienced them and de- demonic activity. While he, he's skeptical and was skeptical of the Bigfoot until we started doing Paranormal Road, and then we went to a lot of these conventions and meeting people and, and even talked to the judge, um, he keeps, he, in his words, he says, I keep that skeptical side only to keep my sanity because it scares the shit out of me. You know, so well, there's side that he just, you at, know, wanna, doesn't
3: want to face. After talking to the judge, the only thing I'd be skeptical of is the judicial system. It mm. wouldn't be the... Yeah. Cri- <laughs> it'd be yeah. The ju- you know, it'd be the just... Yeah. But, uh, so, before I get to, the segue into the next part, which is really, uh, I, I can't, you know, I want to hear this story. What... When it comes to, like, the, the ghost investigations, you know, the uh, spirit investigations, I think the me- like the holy grail of capturing uh, proof is, like, a picture or a video. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's so mm-hmm. much out there, audio. What what kind of evidence do you guys, or do you even attempt to get much uh, photographic we or video? Do not, we do not actively attempt to get
2: it. Uh, simply because our main goal is to help our client and to help that spirit. So if we can get their story, try to understand why they're there, then we can send them along their way. So for us, our main purpose is to communicate, because that communication is essential to helping them heal and to helping them go home to God. So we've never been big on visual as far as, oh, that's our main goal, let's set up cameras and capture this. However, that being said, we did set up static cams at uh, powerhouse gym in Elyria, and we did capture uh, like a bottom half of an apparition walking on stairs. We captured, uh, we're not big on the orbs, 99.9% of orbs are nothing more than fruit flies, dust, uh, moisture. However, based on how they perform under video, um, if they make sudden turns, drop, change in size um we then have to kind of consider them they may be paranormal in nature so we did capture some suspicious orbs at the gym but when it comes to the holy grail of apparitions that would have been the pioneer mill in tiffin ohio
1: okay um
2: when we 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 were filming randy and joyce Doing an ITC session in the main dining room. Um, my cousin stepped in as uh, to help out with camera. He never operated before, and I remember when I was reviewing the footage because I wasn't in any of it. Uh, Charles actually was involved in this one, um, but I was not filming any of it, uh, and I wasn't even in the room. But when I'm actually loaded it to analyze it uh, at home, this is days later, and I was I remember saying, "Oh man." Uh, Carl, because we were filming in daylight or in the, just the light of the dining room it was night, but the light of the dining room was on and like everything was washed out green. And I remember thinking, you know, Carl, you should have turned taken it out of night mode. That was, you know, we didn't need it. We weren't going in dark mode. We were filming with the lights on. So there's a green tint to this particular scene. But as I'm listening, I'm just listening for transcribe. I see something move and I, so my, I'm like, what the heck? And I look up in the background, I see like the shadow dart. So I back it up and I'm watching this shadow. I'm like, hmm, I wonder if they left the windows open in the dining room. Because again, I wasn't in that session. And then I see a shape take form. And it is a man, dark shadow, ball, like a rounded head. He wasn't wearing a hat, thank God. But oh, he peers out, he peers out uh, out of a beam, like a, a support beam. He leans out of it, and you literally can see him turn and walk away and within seconds later a transparent white wisp smoky uh, maybe about the size of the child steps into frame along the rail of the riser of the dining room hangs out for almost a full 30 seconds and then steps out of frame it was and still is to this day the best visual evidence we've ever caught and we caught it by accident and honestly now I have to thank my cousin Carl because I think if he would not have if he would have not had that camera in IR mode, infrared red mode, I'm not sure we would have caught it.
3: But wow. um Wow
2: and having and Charles can
3: attest. And having done somebody walking in the risers. Oh, mm-hmm. And having dined at the Pioneer Mill a couple times myself, I I can <laughs> see how that I mean, that's kind of a cozy, you know, like Play, I, oh, jeez. Yeah. If you, uh, well, you
2: you, you yeah. really want to meet someone fantastic and, and hear a lot of stories. Next time you're dining there, ask for Lori, the manager there. Sure, sure, really fill you in on some of the incredible stuff that goes on there.
3: Well, I had never heard that about the Pioneer Mill. I had never heard oh, that. Oh, yeah. It's highly, highly active. And see, I think the difference is, though, is do you guys know, you're not out trying to prove that spirits and stuff exist. You guys know it. So you're just out right. there. Your whole purpose is uh, to go and help, help people, not to exploit people and hope that
1: they have right. a haunting. Our, you know. We
2: founded ourselves on, on three principles. Help our clients. Help the spirit. That's equally as important. And three, educate the public. Again, knowledge, knowledge helps everybody it could help comfort someone who just lost their father it could help comfort someone who got news that they're terminally ill if they realize that this is not the end there is more to life ever after i know just tell us but you know being told something and witnessing or seeing something are two different matters so that's why our third mission of educating the public is so important to us
3: no but yeah
2: we're not out there to do the factor.
3: Now, you know, you mentioned uh, to start with that that the driving one of the driving forces for you was for proof because of the right. you know your your dad and your uh, grandparents right. and stuff. So, you know, were you able to ever get any confirmation? Oh yeah, from them. And that's the yeah, that's a
2: bizarre thing. Is I wasn't looking for it. Um, I never even thought it possible uh, this is in the early stages uh, I, when I owned my restaurant then and um, it was slow in the afternoon and every time I was again so enthralled with doing EVPs I was recording them hundreds a day any chance I got I was turning it on passive going back listening um, but so I stepped out for a smoke break I was stepped out behind the uh, service area so there's no one around and I pay attention to, again to my surroundings when I'm doing recordings but I sat on the bench, and I hit the record. I go back in, looked on the cameras to my restaurant. I'm like, oh, great, we got a, a crowd coming in. So I went straight to the sandwich board, and I got back to it a little bit later, put it on my computer. And so I'm listening, and I hear this da 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 and they're just like that. I'm like, what the hell? I've never heard humming, and nobody was humming out there. And then I saw on the camera that I had more customers, and I, wanted, I needed to go out and help my staff, so I did got back. And I thought, let me run that through audacity, uh, throwing a couple of filters. And then it became be proud of yourself. My David, the only person ever to call me my David was my grandmother. And when I heard that I busted out crying because I knew it was her. So I stuck my head out um, to the, the floor at that point And I said, I'm leaving for the day. So and so you're in charge. And I left, and I got in my car, and I went straight to the cemetery. And I got out of my car, turned on the recorder, walked up to the tombstone where my grandparents were, and I'm just bawling like a baby. And I'm rubbing their tombstone and crying. And so I then pull myself together, and I leave, and I go back home uh, with my mom and aunt, and I put it on the, on the computer. And, uh, wow. First of all, I played for them what I picked up at the store, and... Both my mom and aunt said, oh, my God, that's Mom. And I said, yeah, it's Grandma. And they were just dumbfounded. And I said, no, I just went to the cemetery before coming home. I said, I, I want to put this on and analyze it. You hear me get out of my car, uh, again, because I passed, but I just turned on the recorder. Um, as I'm walking across the gravel to their tombstones, you hear a female voice say, I told you it'd come, Daddy. My grandmother always called my grandfather, Daddy. Uh so also in that recording you hear me crying over the grave the gravestone and I get yelled at I get Dave Hensley your grandma isn't in the grave right there and what she was telling me stop crying I'm right here you know I'm not what you're crying is the body it's not me oh. you know so that that did nothing but fuel me even more and then Went back to the cemetery, um, went to my father's grave. And again, he died when I was 10. And the recording I got there was, I don't, and again, full sentences, I don't know why you don't believe. Because I was still doubting this. I was thinking, demonic, something's not right. Uh, I didn't, and Now I won't say something's not right. It just, it was too overwhelming. But he says, I don't know why you don't believe. Let's do this together, shall we, son? And then he says, think Ohio Turnpike. That's where my dad was killed.
3: Holy moly. Oh, so, my
4: goodness. Yeah. That so, those shivers yeah. there going down your spine right there, that story.
2: <laughs> oh, boy. But for me, I found it beautiful. For me, yeah, it changed everything about me, and it fueled me a hundred times old to pursue what I do. Um, because if I could bring that kind of closure, Right. If I could bring that help just to one family, then all the ridicule and the laughter and the jabbing from my brother or, you know, people who knew me then as uh, Mr., you know, uptight professional guy to what the hell's gone wrong with Dave? I don't care. (laughs) You know, plus I'm
3: old now, so I don't care. (laughs) My poor (laughs)
2: kids, you know, they had to deal with this probably, you know, ribbing from their friends.
3: Oh boy! Well, I'm going to tell you I, that's one reason why I will not go to my father's grave, and uh, because he'd yell at me about something. And it wouldn't be <laughs> as nice. It wouldn't be as nice and loving. Like, like, well, oh. you may be surprised. Uh, no, I don't think I would. Be. And he, if the judge, hey, if the judge was here, he could confirm that statement that uh, I don't think my dad would be nearly as loving from the. Because I'm not sure which side he's on. <laughs> to be well. honest to be honest with you. But uh well. holy, I hope he didn't hear that. Um so that leads me to the uh, okay, so you told me a story the other night that um that uh that really piqued my interest about uh, some stuff going on at a campground that you guys that you guys uh, go to, yeah. So I, I'd love to hear yeah. that. I think our <laughs> listeners would love to hear that too. Oh
2: yeah. Well, see, this is the, one of the things that I don't know if you're familiar with the uh, concept of the secret to uh, what you think about, you bring about. Uh, because a lot of people in paranormal uh, research or who had experience would tell you, the more they cure, the more curiosity they have towards the subject matter, the more things happen to them. So it's like, why, why do some people have so many experiences and some don't? But um, So anyway, we started Paranormal Road last year, got into the cryptids, uh, had a couple of really great shows on Bigfoot. And then we're out at the campground last summer uh, during our, our break because we don't report Paranormal Road in the summer months. But uh, so it's about 2 o'clock in the morning, it's about 8 adults, we're all sitting around. You know, talking about kids and children. Sorry, Megan, Charles, and Adam. You know, we were talking about our kids. Um, but uh, out of nowhere, I mean, out of nowhere, out of the wood line comes this god-awful horrific scream. Uh, and it's very difficult to describe it. It was deep, but yet it sounded like a woman being murdered. It was, it was unbelievable. And it was so unbelievably terrifying loud from the woods that one of the, the women that were there at the campsite, she looked at me, and her eyes got big, and she said, What the f- was that? And everybody, you could have heard a pin drop. And one of the guys who's a trucker, and he t- he's a nose-and-nonsense guy, he said, Look at the hairs on my arm. And another guy there, he's an avid hunter, I said, I, he said, I've hunted all my life. He said, That is nothing. I, I don't know what that could be. Um, so, uh, the next morning I'm searching, you know, I'm like, ah, out of curiosity, Bigfoot sounds. And I found it, I found exactly what all of us heard. So I sent it to all the adults, uh, audiophile texting, uh, then went in the camper and played it for Randy. And I said, Randy, listen to this. And he was doing dishes at the time or something. And he just spun his head and he looked at me and his eyes got big. He goes, where'd you find that? That's it. Um, Then uh, the next morning, uh, a woman who was not with us the night before, she was walking her dogs. I said, hey, Sue. And she goes, yeah. And I said, you got a minute? And she came over and I said, did you hear something strange last night around 2, 2 2.30? She looked dead at me, never hesitated. She said, oh, you mean the screaming? I said, yeah. And she said, yeah, I hear it all the time. She's the only one that uh, lived there Monday through Friday or Monday through Sunday. She's there all the time. She's not a weekender. And she goes, I hear it all the time says, I won't walk my dogs at night anymore. She said, it started about a month ago. And uh, I, said, wow. I said, wow. And I said, I found it on the internet. She goes, really? I said, I found a file. Listen. So I played it for her. She goes, yep, that's it. She says, it's not as loud as it is here, but that's it. And uh, I said, you want to know what it is? And she goes, what? And then I, I showed her the article. It's the 1973 Polyop Washington Bigfoot Scream. So it's out on the internet. Anybody can look it up. But I, I sent it to all of the adults that were there without telling them what it was. And they said, that's it. Oh, my God, that's it. What is it? And then I sent them the link to the article. And they it blew their minds. Um, and then, so I'm listening for it every night. Didn't hear it for weeks and weeks and weeks. Never heard the scream again. But it was in September. Uh, I got out on a Thursday night. So I was only a, uh, one of, like, four people that were out there and it was a light drizzle, so I'm sitting underneath the canopy uh, on the furniture and having a glass of wine, just relaxing. And um, there was a thunderstorm, so I'm kind of watching the, uh, not expecting the hat man, but there's oh, a thunderstorm good. off to that's the good. south. Yeah, I'm no longer afraid of thunderstorms, I love them now, but. Uh, so I'm watching the thunder and or lightning to the, to the south and um, I hear this crack come from the tree line. And I'm like, no. I'm thinking to myself, there's no way. And I'm like, come on, there's, this is just too unbelievable that we have all this Bigfoot stuff on the show. We hear a scream earlier and now a, a, a tree knock. So, again, all you can hear is the rain on the canopy. I actually pull out my phone and I recorded it and captured it. And, uh, again, uh, shortly, I think it's like 30, 30 seconds into the recording, you hear this whack. And, again, it's coming out of the wood lines, uh, tree lines. There's no way it's people in there. Because that's a protective uh, reserve. There's no camping allowed there. It's part of a park property. Um, There's no hunting allowed in there. And then to find out that others in the campground have heard that cracking noise. And one of the farmers that lives on that same strip, um, he actually has horses. He's not a farmer. But he says he won't take his horses back there. And then his words, he didn't tell us this. Someone else at the campground told us. He said, I won't ride back there, he said, anymore. He said, there's a Bigfoot in those woods. And he wouldn't say why he said that. Uh, so you have a local person that lives there that says that. And then interesting, uh, a person, uh, the owner of the campground, uh, she uh, manages the campground, but she's there all the time. And it was a, kind of a, a big joke to us that um, the, uh, at the campground that uh, the, the weird paranormal Bigfoot guys are there on the corner and the, uh, the um, I'm losing track here. Anyway, so she would say things to us like, oh, don't tell me that. Don't tell me that. She put her hands up on her ears. But, la, 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 la. It scares me. But it's not real. She's laughing. It's not real. It's not real. doesn't. <laughs> but then it's ironic she wouldn't go down there and mow in the tent area because that's uh, on the woodline area. She won't go down there and mow by herself. So, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> anyway, She was a big non-believer in all of this. But here to find out in January, uh, we get a call from somebody at the campground says, you're not going to believe this. Deb is driving through Kipton, and her granddaughter says, Grandma, what's that? And they look, and there is about an eight-foot-tall hairy creature that steps across the bike path. And Deb actually startled her so much that she spun the car down the side street trying to catch up to find it and look. But they didn't see it again. I'm like, figures. Somebody who doesn't even believe in it and believe in it, see it. Well, what did, what did I say?
3: What did I say a little bit earlier about the people that don't have open minds sometimes right. you get the yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah, and, and Tipton actually
2: is one mile from our campground, so I'm I'm hundred percent convinced that Sasquatch or Bigfoot are in that area. Now, whether they migrate there seasonally, if they're always there, I don't know. Part of me says they're always there because our experience took place in the summer. Her her sighting takes place in January, so they must dwell in that area year-round. So,
3: so when then is the first live podcast from the campground this okay. summer going to take place? <laughs> uh, as as somebody goes out and investigates the woods and reports back, actually. It, that
2: just may happen. Um, we have a, an investigator on Paranormal Road, Amy Boo. She's a professional investigator. Uh, Bigfoot, she's uh, been on several shows. She's really incredible. We just love her to death. She's bringing out a group of Bigfoot field researchers to camp out at the campground this summer. And they're talking about doing night investigations. So we actually may stream that live. That would be. I won't go. Well, <laughs> I may go. Uh, let me take that back. I'll go if there's enough of them. I'll go. There's no way in hell Randy will go. Here, ah. stay up around the fire with a bottle of wine. But ah. well, and, I will. His words. He has to stay behind to help identify the bodies the next
3: morning. <laughs> Somebody needs to tell the story, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I will <laughs> exactly. offer up Jerry from our group to go along because he swears to us that if he if he comes across to Bigfoot, he's going to try to tackle it. Now. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think he, I think he should go with you because I think you have enough wits about you that if he, if you see one and you know he, you're going to whip out the camera, you're going to get it on video of the first fatality on camera. Well, well wait a minute.
2: I have one for you. I
3: have one for you, Shane. Yeah. You have a camper. I'll tell you
2: the date, and you can come and join us and do a joint live uh, podcast with uh, from the shadows.
3: Hey, look. I know the guys in the. I know the guys in the group would love to do that. That would be yeah. outstanding. As long as they know how to get the camper up there and park it, because I'm not because <laughs> i going to do it remotely. Yeah. I'm not going to sit up there. Uh, I'm I'll sk- let you know the date. We're at the plan on doing it because uh, that could be really cool. That would be that would be fantastic. But uh, well, I'm going to tell you what we'll wrap up here. We've been talking forever, um, but I want to I want to encourage all of our listeners go check out David on paranormal road and randy too i guess randy's you know he does a good job too but go go check out go check out the podcast paranormal road you want to tell everybody where they can uh hear you guys at and then if if somebody is interested in talking to you about maybe doing an investigation um you know let everybody know where they can find you
2: Yeah. As far as Paranormal Road, you can find us on YouTube under EBP Medium's channel. Uh, so you have to go to EBP Medium's channel on YouTube, and uh, we, have been, we just started posting Paranormal Road audio format on YouTube. You can also pick us up on Podcast, uh, Apple, iTunes, Apple, Podbean, and now Google Play. So those are the three avenues in which we're on. We're also, you can hear it live aired, uh, not live, but it airs on Odyssey One Internet Radio Tuesday night at 8 p.m. and iHeartRadio. And as far as our video in concerning the paranormal research that we put together, you can view um, our investigations by going to evpmediums.com. And there's a link that takes you directly to the YouTube channel that has them posted. And also by going to evpmediums.com, there is a contact form that if they are looking for a paranormal investigation, they need some help, they can get in touch with us by filling out that form. And we do uh, call them back uh, within 48 hours.
3: Well, that's – so I, I, I do want to thank Adam and Charles and Megan for joining us today. Um, you guys are a brave, brave bunch for not only uh, – making it through what you've experienced but uh i think charles knowing that it was coming because nobody everybody else had, had the experience um <laughs> you guys my hat's off to you and i do think if you want to go to the uh you had to say hat didn't you oh jeez <laughs> jeez <geez. laughs> i'd like to say that i didn't play in that but um but i do think the whole the whole uh you know, if we buy you a bus, Partridge Family style, and you guys could become the, uh, you know, show up for investigations and stuff and that, that'd be fabulous. I don't know if any of you yeah, can the carry paranormal a t- Partridge Family. Yeah. I don't there know, if, know. Any, if any of you can carry a tune or not, but that would be fantastic. But uh, no, that this was uh, it was awesome to get to talk to you. And you know, I, I think we can let everybody know that in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be a guest on your podcast. So yep. two I'm, weeks from now. I'm very excited Make about that. Make us proud, Shane. Make you guys proud. Make us proud. After all the, after all the disappointment that I, <laughs> uh, oh jeez. So, thanks again, David. Thanks again, Adam, Charles, Absolutely. Megan. Absolutely. No problem. Everybody go Absolutely. out. Thank check. You. Yep. Check this. Check out the paranormal road and uh, don't take a wrong turn on the paranormal road because you never know. Stay <laughs> on the beaten path and do not do not pick up the Hat Man if he's hitchhiking. <laughs> all. so all right thanks guys thank you very much right, take care now thank you very much right, you
4: ladies and gentlemen a final word please visit us on our facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash from the shadows podcast and on our instagram page at instagram.com forward slash from the Shadows Podcast. You can visit our web page at From the Shadows Podcast. or contribute to our Facebook discussion page called After the Shadows and tweet us on our Twitter feed at Twitter.com forward slash podcast underscore from. Thank you for joining us and we look forward to hearing from you all. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out.